What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? Yes, sir. We are off and running on another episode of What's the Spread? ACC Preview Edition. Mr. Brad Thomas, how are we doing? Doing great, dude. Listen, another day, another day we get to talk about college football. I'm stoked, man. Super excited. Absolutely. Uh, we had a good time last week breaking down the Pac-12, which I gotta say, I was listening to it back, and I think that was my favorite Pac-12 preview we've ever done. Like, uh, and What I mean by that is, I, I think it's the most exciting the Pac-12 is going to be in years. That's all because yeah. of Lincoln Riley. But it really just hit me where the excitement that is generated in that conference, and then going to the ACC, nothing against the ACC here, but for me, it's same old, same old. I mean... Let's just go ahead and get started. Let's talk about Clemson. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's it's like this every single year. Now, it was very interesting last year. We have Clemson with a down year at 10-3, yeah. 6-2 and, three, six and two in the conference. Um, you know, Dabble finally loses his offensive and defensive coordinators to jobs. Tony Elliott to Virginia. Brent Venables to Oklahoma. A lot of change here. Can Clemson be Clemson again? That is the question. Dude, I was looking at this and I'm just like thinking about Clemson. Like when I go and look at their stats, it's just remarkable, right? So you think about returning production on what was good for Clemson. Clemson last year stunk offensively, but they were really good defensively. They're getting uh, 68% of returning production back on the defense. And, you know, it's kind of funny. Like last year's offensive strength was terrible. Their, Their offensive unit was garbage, but they were carried by this defense that was first in the ACC third in the nation and they're getting 68% of that production back. I think that they are going to have some growing pains in terms of um, like effort um, and culture with uh, Venables leaving. But I think that Dabo's he's groomed enough where he can play kind of like that Nick Saban role where like now Clemson will be the revolving door of coordinators. I like Clemson to, um, to win the Atlantic and, I, I don't see them having much competition. I, I, I was talking about how I thought uh, North Carolina State was going to challenge them, but I thought if they had three teams in there, like it was North Carolina State, Wake Forest, it'd be a little more challenging. But then now they have to do is set their sight on uh, on North Carolina State with the news um, of Sam Hartman. Yeah, which is big for the division because you got to think with Sam Hartman out of Wake Forest, that pretty much eliminates them from – uh, you know, a situation where they were seven and one in the conference last year, but now yeah. I, I, you know, unfortunately, I don't know if we can consider them anymore, seeing as how we don't know how long he's going to be out for. You and I both like NC State, we have them ranked pretty highly in our top 25, yep. but I don't see them challenging a Clemson program, uh, for a spot in the title game. Last year was an anomaly, you know, you, you win 10 games as a program that and that's a down year that should tell yep. you where this program is at, and I think they're going to get back on track. I think a big part of that is scheduling because they yes. don't have to play Georgia week one, which <laughs> yeah. really took changes the, the schedule. It, it does. I, I mean, it, 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 you know, it, it was a playoff game. It took the wind out of their sails in week one. Now it's not an easy uh, conference schedule. Three of their first uh, four conference games are on the road. And the yep. game they have at home is NC state, yeah. uh, which, you know, that's, and, and it's early. So that's going to be NC state's chance to see if they're going to be a real player. That's on October 1st. Um, very early in the conference season. So we'll really see what we get. But I think Clemson gets back on track. I think that they 
will have the best defense in the country. They are so talented yes. on the defensive side. They are loaded, Brad. Loaded. Loaded with talent on the defensive side of the ball. Question marks on offense. But if it was one year, I mean, if, if anybody can get it back. I mean, listen, looking back to last year, was Georgia's offense all that impressive? They were no. when, when they were building leads, and but they didn't have to do much. I mean, exactly. it doesn't need that much from their offense to win the yep. ACC. Yeah, no, I agree 100% with you. They don't need the offense. But I actually am going to say this. I think that DJ takes a step forward this year. I do too. Especially, like, if we've noticed this whole offseason, the constant theme around Georgia has been, man, um, am I going to draw a blank on his name? Stetson Bennett uh, has taken a step forward. Stetson Bennett is the man. No one was saying that when Georgia was losing games. And Stetson Bennett got that confidence from his defense. When you can go out there and play carefree football, it's easier. And I think that DJ is going to have that same exact mentality. And, and we're going to say, is DJ a legitimate uh, NFL quarterback? Um, and that helps you when you have a quarterback who now second year starting um, can right. shake off the cobwebs and go out there and play. Yeah, year three in the program. I mean, now, you know, he's he's got to have that familiarity with the offense, like the comfortability. There was so much pressure on him last year. And then again, you know, scoring three points and losing to Georgia week one. You don't have to deal yep. with that this time around. Clemson is the team to beat in the ACC for a reason. But NC State should be pretty dang good, too. Very good. Coming off a really good year, 6-2 and two in the conference, 17 returning starters for the Wolfpack. And Devin Leary may be the best quarterback in the conference. 35 touchdowns, five interceptions last year. I expect a big year from him. But the one thing I'll say about Leary and NC State is we had very similar expectations for Sam Howell in North Carolina last yes. year. And we see how that went. So, uh, again, the sport is so – consistency is so difficult. Yep. So, can they have that consistency, be competitive? Again, Clemson is their first conference game. So if you if, if you go out there and you lose that game, does it take the wind out of your sails, or you know, or or does it motivate you even more? Will the ACC Atlantic be called by early October? I can yeah. see that happening. Uh, for me, NC State's interesting this year. You know, when you talk about the expectation that is going to be here, just like looking at the notes, they had over seventy percent of both the offense and defensive production returning, right? And this is a good defense, third in the ACC, but ninth in the country a defense that travels as well. So they're going to have to bring that defense to Clemson. They have to bring that defense to UNC. Those are two – I think those are the two games on their schedule that you have to really be worried about. But outside of those – the rest of the two games, I mean, it's pretty much a cakewalk schedule yeah. where I'm trying to find a legitimate slip-up spot maybe at, at Louisville. But I think by that time, by the time of the season, Louisville is going to pretty much have been packed in. Like, you know, I, I would hate to play Louisville early in the season. I wouldn't mind playing them. And then uh, going to Wake Forest to, hey, defending division champions. They're coming yes. off the best year in school history. They were a great story last year. Uh, yes. Undefeated for a, a large portion of the college football season. Um, but you lose Sam Hartman. Uh, and and he's out indefinitely. We, and we don't know for how long. Uh, what are the details with that? I, I, I mean, he was the heart of the team. And the reason I say that is because Wake Forest allowed 31.2 points per game on defense. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was the offense that that really kept them going last year. And Sam Hartman was the heart of that. I think it's interesting that you say this about Sam Hartman being the, uh, the heart of this team. 
I like that there. I went the instant when I sent you that news, right? I went online and tried to bet the under on their team total. Their team total at the time was eight and a half. Um, and the implied, well, they, well, they had 11 wins last year. It was weighted to the over. So they're implying that they're going to win nine games. I think that when you look at Wake Forest this year without Sam Hartman, let's say he's gone four games of the season, right? you're going to have to go pretty perfect to cover that win total. And there's no way that if you are only winning eight games that you're going to realistically have a chance at going and playing for the title. Not not as top-heavy as the ACC is going to be or is projecting to be. Other teams in the division, uh, you know, Florida State, still there. Uh, yeah. Tired of talking about Florida State. you got to show me something. Mike Norvell needs a bowl game. I mean, we're not talking about Florida State competing for the division. We're talking about Florida State trying to get to six wins. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, and, and that's consistently what we're talking about. Now, I will say, Jordan Travis was a bright spot at QB last year. Uh, yes. You know, with, with all the problems that Florida State has had at that position, a little bit of stability coming back. Which I like. Five and seven last year. They were one five and seven. Away. So I do think Florida State, I, and I'll say this any year, they can get to six wins. Sure. You can say that about any team. But yeah. I don't think that Florida State is going to get to that eight, nine win echelon, at least not right now. No, Florida State, I'm betting the over on their win total. It's set at six and a half. Um, and most of that is because they're going to have to do what these teams with poor offensive strategies are doing, and that's rely heavily on their defense. This is a defense that was okay, uh, 17th in the nation, if I remember correctly, um, but they're returning a lot of defensive starters. The question is, this is a prove-it year for Norvell. You know, like, if he's not having success this year, when is he going to have it? Um, I think that their ceiling is seven games, though. Um, yeah. And seven's not going to get it done. I don't – I don't. there's not nothing realistically I can say about this team. The team averaged 28 points per game last year, but when they're going to play against a Clemson – those 28 points per game is going to be more like 14. When they're playing against the North Carolina State, 17. And you're not going to win games scoring 17 points against the two leaders in the clubhouse. Mike Norvell at Florida State, Scott Frost in Nebraska, those two coaches need to get to a bowl game, and they also yep. need a big win on their resume yep. this year. They, Those two storied programs need something to build on. you got to give them something. Agreed. All right, where, where do we go next? Let's go over to – let's talk about Miami. Yeah. Um, All right. I want to talk about Miami. Um, I do not. I, I'm going to start off quick. I do not have Miami winning the Coastal. I'm just going to start with that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, we're, we're on the same page there. Miami gets lucky and they play Pitt at home. That is the biggest thing on their schedule for them. However, they play at Virginia Tech, which is always a tough game for them. So now they got to play at Virginia Tech. They have Clemson in the crossover road game at Clemson. They play Texas A&M at Virginia. Like, how many slip-up spots do these teams need? You know, like, I think they, I think they've been fine playing at Florida State because this game is a rivalry game and they always get up for that game. But when you play at Virginia Tech, at Virginia, those are two games where you think about, you're like, hmm, are we going to go out there and destroy these guys? You don't come out with all that full fire that you really should. But this is a, a year of firsts for this team. Uh, you know, Cristobal, uh, Gaddis, and now Tyler Van Dyke has the expectation of being good. One thing that Miami's going to roll into, Miles, and this is no disrespect to the caliber or the kind of players that they're getting at Miami, 
you got to see where these Miami players are from, man. Some, a lot of these players are from Miami. They breathe culture. They breathe having fun while playing football. Mario Cristobal, first thing he said, no more turnover chain. He said, that's not the culture we are. And I think that's not going to sit well. I think the locker room is going to be excited to have Cristobal, but I think the change he's going to make is not going to work immediately. And Miami needs to be that high-flying, flashy team like they used to be, or at least to get back to what they used to be in production-wise. Um, so I have them finishing second in the Coastal. Well, and that comes down to my favorite word in college football, which is identity. Miami does not have an offensive nice. or defensive identity. They've got a new head coach. You and I are pretty high on Tyler Van Dyke. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. But listen, he, he had a great end to the year. Uh, you got to show me that consistency this year. In, 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 in I'm going to go with Pitt to win this division because of the consistency and because of Pat Narduzzi, who is one of the most underrated coaches in the yes. country for what he is doing at Pittsburgh. And, you know, Miami is just like Texas, where it's like every year they're going to create some kind of story or some kind of expectation that, oh, well, they're the favorites in the division, or Texas is the favorite in the Big 12. Texas gets a first-place vote. This yeah, oh, my God. Why? What Texas, are we doing? The same thing for Miami. If you go and bet on Miami, to win the ACC, they're plus 350 right now. There is no value, no value in that bet. Pittsburgh is over here at plus 700 to yes. win the conference. And I think they are the ones that, you know, and everyone's saying Pitt's going to take a step back, right? Look at what Pat Narduzzi has done with his consistency. My like, God. Yeah, they, they just had one of, if not the best season in school history. There's, there's no doubt about that. You lose Jordan Addison. You lose Kenny Pickett. But Pittsburgh is built on identity. They are built on a strong defense, an elite offensive line, a good running game. If they have a great quarterback, that's just a bonus. Yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks, if Keen Slovis can win the starting job, he this kid can ball out. Pittsburgh is the team to beat in this division. 100% the team to beat. Listen, this is a defense that's returning a ton of players, right? And a defense that doesn't need to be particularly good. Uh, they allowed 20... 24 points per game last season, but Pat Narduzzi is going to have this team ready to play any opponent. This is a team that was averaging 41 points per game. I do not think that production drops as much as people think while they lost Jordan Addison and uh, Kenny Pickett. I think Slava steps in there and they perform well. And you know what? The most important thing about this game, you who do they not have to play? They do not have to play North Carolina State. They do not have to play Clemson. You are avoiding the top two teams in the conference. Like, let's be for real. Like, that's – I consider that a win in itself. Um, and you're giving me plus 750? Well, 100%. And, yeah, and, and everyone's saying, right, that Miami gets Pittsburgh at home. That game is November 26th. I think the division's yeah. already going to be decided by November 26th. I think Pitt's headed to Charlotte for the ACC championship by that date, so I don't think it's going to matter personally. Yep. Um, so, you know, maybe if that game was earlier in the season, it would make more of a, of an impact or a difference, but returning all five starters on the offensive line, you just want to, it, it's consistent. Oh my God. I think uh, just watch out for pity. I, I'm, I'm very curious to see with all the expectations at Miami. I think there's way more question marks with that program than there is pit right now. I want to say one more thing too. Um, and I had this written down. Out of every team in the ACC, I'm just double fact-checking real quick. 
They have the easiest strength of schedule overall out of every single team in the ACC. Yep, they have the easiest strength of schedule, which goes a long way. I mean, when you're playing Rhode Island, you're playing West Virginia, and, and no offense, West Virginia. I'm a Mountaineer guy. So don't come <laughs> after me. But <laughs> you're, pl- you're playing there. these teams. Yeah, you're like, come on. Like, they, their schedule's super simple to make oh, be a 11-win, uh, twelve possible 12-win team. So usually in the ACC, we get surprise teams. You know, it's possible here in the Coastal. I think that Pittsburgh and Miami are the clear top two here. I think Pittsburgh is is uh, a couple of steps ahead of the other programs. I mean, you got North yeah. Carolina here, plus 1,000 to win Not the conference. But, you know, with North Carolina, man, this is my uh, conclusion on them. The basics and the fundamentals – are not there right now. Uh, allowed 49 sacks last year. Defense allowed 32.1 points per game. I just feel like they're not doing anything well right now. It's not that Matt Brown no. hasn't been recruiting well or that he's not a good coach. I just think there's there's too much work to do here. It's weird to me um, because, like, what's going – well, why don't they have it? You know, Matt Brown's recruiting well. He's get, convincing players to stay longer than they probably should. Um I'm not in on Carolina this year. I'm more in on Virginia, and that's basically quarterback play and Brennan Armstrong. Yep. When you think about it, like I would rather if I'm taking uh, if I'm taking a team who probably could have been better defensively. Um, they have a good quarterback, and now they're getting a defensive-minded uh, kind of system going. They're going to be better this year defensively. They're getting. Um, Oh my goodness, what's his name? Rudinsky from uh, Air Force to come over to anchor this defense. I think that they have a, po- a strong possibility to be really good defensively. We're talking about plus 3,000. I don't know if they're going to really compete for it, but a dark horse? Yeah. I'm liking those uh, with Virginia as well. I like Tony Elliott at Virginia. I mean, yes, you know, that as well. Like I like Brent Venables in Oklahoma. These are two coordinators from Clemson that have just been waiting to be head coaches. Now, I do think it was it was odd that Tony Elliott waits around all those years, and Virginia is the team that he picks. Odd to me. Um, but, you know, we've seen that you can have success at this program. Uh, so, I, you know, there's it's definitely not a complete project here for him. Yeah. I, I think that he Tony Elliott is definitely using Virginia as a springboard. And why not Virginia? You know, you have a quarterback who's pretty good. Listen, if Virginia goes out there and they somehow make it to the title game, right? So somehow – Tony Elliott, he has all the leverage in the world. Made it to the title game in year one. Doesn't matter what happens in year two. Doesn't matter what happens in year three. He can be out of there in year four uh, coaching a very big college. Well, and Bronco Mendenhall did really good things in Virginia. Uh, I mean, really got that program playing big games for the first time in a long time. So really just, you know, try to pick up on that momentum if you can. Um, yeah. Virginia Tech, also a new head man. Uh, and then make or break you for Georgia Tech. And you've got Duke. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that's what we're looking at. Is there is there anyone else that you've got your eyes on? No, I – listen, um, <laughs> Duke's not going to win uh, more than three games this year. Cuse has a chance to go over their win total, but it's not much. Um, going to be a, need a, a lot of work for Boston College to have a real chance. Louisville is the, is the coin flip. But Louisville also lost a lot of talent and production in the transfer portal. So Cunningham is my favorite quarterback in the conference. I mean, if yeah, if for nothing else, watch Louisville because he he balls. He's yeah, he balls out. He's really fun to watch. Um, yeah. So he he could be a difference maker, but the talent overall for Louisville and, and Scott Satterfield's at a make or break. There's a lot of coaches on the hot seat here. Dino Babers, yeah. Syracuse, 
Collins at, at Georgia Tech. A lot of hot seats. A lot of hot seats. Um, I my title game. I I don't know if I made this clear. Clemson versus Pittsburgh, and I have Clemson winning it. I think Clemson and Pittsburgh in the championship game uh, is as close to a sure thing as you're going to get in the five power conferences that we talk about. Yeah. Um, to me, you know, I and it's not that I'm overlooking Miami. I just think the hype and the expectations are too high, and I think Pittsburgh's the clear choice. But I just don't think there's any way that Clemson is going to first of all miss the ACC championship back to back years. Yeah. Facts. Let alone lose the ACC, you know, championship act. So I think Clemson is the winner. Um, you know, we'll talk about later if if we think Clemson gets back to the playoff, but I think Clemson definitely gets back on track. Clemson being ranked four um, to, should tell people a lot, pretty much everything they need to know. That yeah, I, I mean, you see it, right? You know, that's the coaches, right? So you know, they're 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 voting on what they see. Uh, yeah, last year was was just a blip on the radar. Yeah. We'll soon find out, but Clemson's my pick to win the ACC. I think Clemson's if you take anybody else, you're just trying to be fancy. It's minus 220. There's not much there. Try to find a value pick. If you want it, go with Pitt plus 700. I think uh, I'm glad you also said, can we please, please fire whoever voted Texas, number one. Not, they need to be fired. <laughs> come on, man. How, how is whoever did that getting a vote? It's just, come on. Like whenever someone, whenever whoever compiled the votes should have been like, yeah, who is this? Mark Twain. Oh, Mark Twain. You're gone, man. You're gone. <laughs> Dude, this was fun. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're on YouTube, go ahead and press the like and subscribe button. And if you're listening, be sure to download, rate, and subscribe. Best of luck. We are almost at football season. Sweet, dude.